We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Pop Torah with Rabbi Iznopf and Olitsky, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Pop Torah, the podcast where we look at pop culture from a Jewish perspective and look at Judaism through the lens of pop culture. As always, we are your hosts. I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. Thank you, Chef. I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. Thanks, cousin. Today, as you could probably tell, we are going to be talking about the uh, FX Hulu series, The Bear. Uh, all episodes of its uh, two seasons so far are currently streaming on uh, on Hulu. Um, Jesse, you want to tell us a little bit about The Bear? Sure. We're going to try something a bit different. We're going to try to avoid spoilers of season two. Uh, full disclosure, I have not finished season two, so I'm asking uh, Mike to avoid spoiling it for me. Uh, the show, and I will admit, started off pretty they're slow They're all in purgatory. It turns out they're all in purgatory. <laughs> they're actually in the bad place. <laughs> in the bad place. Um, the show started off slow for me. Um, it took me several watches to get past the first two episodes, uh, but Mike kept telling me to push through it, and I fell in love with the show. Um, the first season starts as Carmi, uh, who is the main character, uh, played by Jeremy Allen White. You may know him from Shameless. Uh, Carmi Barzato comes back to Chicago to run the beef which is his uh, family, specifically his brother's sandwich shop. Uh, his brother, Mikey, uh, played by John uh, Bernthal, that you know from The Punisher, you know from Walking Dead. Um, he uh, committed suicide. You probably suicide. don't know from The Punisher, but you, <laughs> you may know from Walking Dead. Uh, he committed suicide, uh, and uh, they did not have a good relationship, uh, but he left the restaurant to... Uh, Carmi. Carmi was a world-renowned chef because his brother would never let him in the restaurant and up leaving Chicago to go and study under uh, chefs uh, throughout the world. And he worked at restaurants, the best restaurants in the best cities of the world. He he was like a, a got a Michelin star as a chef, uh, as a chef, I think, in New York um, and, and was a world-famous chef. Uh, he goes to work at the beef, this struggling, dying, hole-in-the-wall sandwich shop. Um, and uh, we learn about the dynamic. It's a very cool behind-the-scenes of food prep and a dynamic of the sous chef and the cooks and the line cooks and, and the uh, the dishwashers and all that. I think that that's a really cool dynamic. Um, and uh, we're introduced to Sydney, who I would say comfortably is uh, the 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 second lead in the show. Um, Ao Edabiri, certainly the one who's not part of their Berzado family. She's is, is the most popular lead. She's also a trained, famous chef, and, and she uh, knows uh, of Carmi, right? She knows that he's a he's, famous chef. She's an up and she's an up and comer who wants to uh, hitch her wagon to Carmi's star. And she she's like, she 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 can't understand why this guy with a Michelin star is working at the beef. Um, and uh, she wants to be his sous chef, wants to follow him along. There's lots of financial struggles with the beef, uh, and uh, they're worried that they're they owe three hundred thousand dollars in debt to their uncle who loaned money to the brother Mikey. Uh, all this stuff. The the fast forward to the end of the first season. 
Uh, there's a falling out between Sydney and Carmi. And Carmi decides, you know what? He finds all this money that Mikey left for them hidden in cans of tomato sauce. Uh, and they're going to use that money. Actually, they're going to ask Uncle Jimmy to give them more money because they're going to close the beef and they're going to open up, bump, 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 the bear. A, a, a classy quality restaurant. They bring in Abby Elliott, uh, Natalie or Sugar, their, uh, his sister to be the business manager. And they're sending off all the 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 characters on the show that we know Tina to go to uh, a, a culinary school. Um, Marcus to study with Will Poulter. Great performance by Will Poulter. Uh, and I, I think it's Norway um, to, to, to be a, a pastry chef. And so really- in Denmark, Denmark. Denmark, Norway. sorry. Uh, to be a pastry chef. Um, and the second season is really uh, takes place uh, of the stress to open up a restaurant and the struggles for restaurants to, to survive. Uh, uh, the, the show, I think, tackles very well a sort of post-COVID world. It talks about the struggles that the restaurants went through in order to survive, how cousin Richie, cousin in quotes, Richie would deal cocaine in the back alley in order to uh, meet the financial struggles of the beef during COVID. They, uh, Sydney's looking for help and she looks at all the fancy restaurants in Chicago that closed during the pandemic. And so I think it deals with the um, uh, collateral damage of COVID, the side effects of COVID very well. Um, and I love the flashbacks when, when you see uh, the, the dynamic uh, with John Bernthal, uh, who you only see in flashbacks because, uh, as I said, he took his own life. Um, and, and Carmi and, and Natalie, it's very powerful. And some really great uh, cameos in, in the family. We we meet uh, uh, in the, the Christmas episode, the Fishes episode. We meet Jamie Lee Curtis as their mother. We, we meet um, um, Bob Odenkirk as... The again in quotes uncle on again off again boyfriend. Uh, we we meet uh, Jillian Jacobs, who's uh, Richie's ex wife. Uh, we we wife we, in that episode, but ex wife in the rest right. of the series. Sarah Paulson, who's a cousin. Um, John Mulaney, who's her, the cousin's boyfriend. A really really great great cameos right. in in the show, which I think speaks about the quality of the show that they were able to bring all these well known established actors on for guest spots. Um, and I think the show really just struggles with uh, trying to make it in, in, in a cutthroat business. Um, uh, 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 Carmi saying that he doesn't love this, but this is what he's meant to do. The, the struggle to to sort of survive. And I think the struggle to do this in the shadow of his brother's death um, and feeling like he has an obligation to carry on something, to fulfill something because of of his brother's struggles. Um, Mike, you were the one who convinced me to watch this show. Um, you told me keep watching. I would eventually love it. You were right. Uh, tell me what you think about the bear. So I, I just I think I'm going to call this episode. Mike was right because um, <laughs> we got to mark the moment, mark the day and time. Uh, no, I, I I love this show. I, I like you. It took me a little while to get into it. I had heard a lot of buzz about it uh, when the first season was out. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, after getting through some other, you know, shows that were on my list, I didn't have anything on my list. I was like, well, I've heard a lot of buzz about this. Let me give it a try. And it took me for sure a couple of episodes to get into it because I didn't quite understand what it was really supposed to be about. I didn't understand all the family dynamics. Um, it took a, a while to kind of untangle and unpack that. And at first it was really, it was a show clearly about, um, uh, 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 uh you know, uh, grief and emotional trauma, 
about the uh, high stress environment of the restaurant world. Um, uh, and uh, but I wasn't quite sure, you know, where where they were going with it. And, and over the course of the first season, what I what I realized was uh, that that it was, you know, really a show about um, uh, about the the challenge of uh, living out your uh, your 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 passions and and your your sense of purpose, um, especially when you you know your your past continues to kind of pull you back, and how you reconcile where you come from with where you want to go uh, in in life. Um, uh, uh, it, you know, it's a show about um, you know the the restaurant world, and I you know I I, I sort of have got had gotten over you know the kind of like high stress. Uh, uh, versions of re- of of cooking and restaurant shows like the Gordon Ramsay type shows of the world. I, I had to imagine that you know this wasn't entirely what it was to like work in a restaurant or, or be a cook. Never having uh, uh, done that before, you know, in my life. Um, and from what I understand, actually, the sh- uh, the bear captures pretty well what it is like to to work in a in a restaurant kitchen, uh, in a restaurant environment. Um, but, uh, but, you know, that sort of like high stress, almost military style, uh, that, that you see in, you know, Gordon Ramsay shows, uh, almost, you know, um, uh, oppressive and, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, not toxic, but, um. I think uh, toxic is a good word that there's a lot of, there's, there's yelling and you saw that yeah, Sydney yeah. quit, right? Abusive was the word Abusive. I was looking for. Abusive, Sydney quit right. Yeah, right. When, when Carmi lost his cool. Right. And and what, it, what you realize this, this is especially true as the second season goes on that, that, um, you know, that, that a lot of uh, what's going on there, you know, in addition to it just being a high stress environment, right. You see in the second season that they explore the, the, you know, what, what the allure of restaurants, you know, why people are so drawn to them in some ways, the, the, the thesis of the show um, is both, you know, artistic creativity and a desire to, for hospitality, right. To serve people, for people to enjoy themselves. You know, Carmi reflects on how he's not a person who kind of like enjoys life. He doesn't have fun, um, but he's really passionate on, uh, on on making other people about making other people happy, uh, which is one of the things that drives him into the restaurant world. So that 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 tension, I think, between uh, between serving others and pursuing purpose, uh, but also uh, uh, taking care of oneself, I think, is really at the core of this show. You know that that uh, adage from uh, Hillel and the Mishnah: "Imein anili mili ve'im anila atzmi ma'ani." Uh, right. So if, if I'm for myself, who will be for me? If, I, if I'm uh, not for myself, who will be for me? But if I'm for myself alone, what am I? Um, you have that in, in this show where the a lot of the characters, you know, kind of struggle on both ends of that spectrum. Richie, uh, um, you know, until kind of like, you know, uh, I won't spoil the second season, although he has a lot of character growth in the second season. He's very caught up in the, you know, um, if I'm not for myself, who will be for me? Um, uh, and well, well, I think he's also worried, right, that he's being replaced, right? And from, from the moment right. Cindy arrives, he he's sort of the old school, the beef, Carmi and Cindy, they're trying to professionalize this. They're worried that they're going to push him out and he's going to be forgotten and what his purpose is. Yeah, um, right. So he's, he's, he's really preoccupied with that question of purpose at the beginning of, uh, of season two. I won't spoil to, 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 you know, to where his character arc goes uh, in, in the series, but that episode of, uh, of, of fishes, that Christmas episode, which is, you know, like a, a, just a masterclass in acting. It's as though they, they took some of the best actors in the world and, and said, okay, here's the, here's the assignment. 
Um, you guys are all going to compete for best uh, actor or best supporting actor Emmy uh, in this one episode. Uh, go, right? And uh, it's just a magnificent episode of television. You know, um, uh, to my mind, you know, one of the best of the year uh, uh, com competing with um, uh, the, uh, uh, the episode of Succession where Logan dies. Um, so, uh, uh, just, uh, just a really beautiful story, but I think it's talking a lot about, you know, that, that tension between, uh, pursuing purpose and taking care of oneself about, uh, uh, being, you know, your being your own person in the world, but also being tied back, um, into your family in some ways tied down because of your family, but also given, you know, the, the core of who you are because of your family too. Uh, and, uh, and, and the other is, um, about uh, about generational trauma, the traumas that we uh, pass on from from one generation to the ne the next, how we deal with unprocessed grief, um, and how that comes out in really uh, toxic ways. Um, you know, uh, the 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 famous uh, cliche um, is that you know hurt people hurt people, and so a lot of the abusive behavior you see in the show um, really, and the show I think does a really great job. You know, without apologizing for that behavior, without excusing it, but showing you know like the 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 really kind of deep psychological struggles that that end up manifesting in people hurting the people that they love, um, and, and so I think that that uh, is is you know really rich. And then meanwhile, it raises all sorts of questions about you know what. What what are the ethics of a work environment, even a high pressure, high stress work environment like the like the restaurant business? Um, how does that factor into the the conversation? Right, there's a a, a thread in which you know Sydney uh, in season two is kind of exploring her her place in this new restaurant as well, just like Richie is, um, and she's realizing that she's not you know she thinks of herself as a partner to Carmi, uh, but uh, but she's not really fully cut in uh, as a partner, um, and uh, and so you know there's there's an ethical dimension of that you know how uh, how Car Carmi relates to her and uh, uh, you know. In, empowers her and partners with her they have a really wonderful emerging relationship uh but is it some in some way exploitative is she right. exploiting him for you know for who he is is he exploiting her eagerness um so these are all really i think live questions that the show raises and very smartly you know doesn't tie up in a neat in a neat bow um and, and i think that that gives us a lot of uh a, a space to to explore some of these issues you know, for me, I think what really stands out, I think you talked about that generational trauma. The show never talks about the father, right? The father is not present. Uh, and, and I think that that's, that's intentional. You see uh, the responsibility, the way that the Brazado children manage the dynamic with the mother, especially during that Christmas episode, who's on her, who's going to take responsibility, you know, because um, it's clear that she deals with addiction, um, maybe other forms of, of mental illness but, uh, as well. Um, but there, there's probably, this probably so they, they hint they hint at you know probably some version of bipolar disorder, okay. uh, alcoholism, yeah. Um, but um, there there's this this responsibility that they as their children have um, to her um, and decisions that they make uh, based on her. Uh, and, and I think uh, similarly, you d deal with generational trauma that um, Carmi, um, I think the entire first season, um, his character is shaped on the fact that his brother took his own life um, without saying goodbye, um, right? Without um, 
having a relationship with him without telling him why, without letting him in, without staying in touch. Um, and it's it's really only until, you know, the end of the first season when uh, Richie finally gives Carmi uh, a note that that he wrote that that Mikey wrote for for Carmi um, that it's sort of eye opening. It's not really that much of a note. It, it reveals where where the hidden money is that he left for him. But it just says "let it rip," which is what he he time and time again said. Uh, which is what uh, we see in the flashback episode, the Christmas episode in season two. What he said when they talked about opening a restaurant together, opening the bear together. And so I think um, it, it's not so much generational trauma, but but as much as how much do we do for ourselves versus how much do the actions of other people shape who we are uh, and, and shape. Uh, what what will become? Um, you know, I like to think that we all find joy in the work that we do, and if we don't find joy in it, we wouldn't do it. Um, it's unclear if Carmen actually finds joy joy in it. I, I think Sydney does. The way you see Sydney tasting the the different uh, flavors around the city of Chicago, she finds joy in it. The way Marcus. Um, who, you know, worked at McDonald's and was hired to make cakes in the beef by Mikey and then was going to Copenhagen to really study to be a pastry chef. Uh, he, he's almost like an artist uh, in the way he is so specific in, in, in the foods that he puts in and the designs of his pastries and, and all of that. Um, I'm not sure Carmi loves what he does. Uh, and can you ever find happiness if you don't love what you do and what you spend most of your time doing and how much of what he does is really shaped by other people. He said this, Mikey would not let him into the restaurant. So he said, screw you. I'm going to become a better chef and a best, better restaurateur. And I'm going to work at the best places in the world just to show you. Right. I, I think that, it, you know, uh, uh there are places in, in season two where Carmi says explicitly that he, you know, he, he does not uh, do what he does because he enjoys it. Um, he does what he does because he feels like he has to, um, you know, it's, it's his, it's his purpose. Um, it, uh, you know, it, it, uh, uh, um, he, you know, he feels like it's almost a compulsion. The, 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 this is what he does. Um, and, and not, you know, not, it, it's not in the same way of like have to, as, you know, I have to go work in the factory because I have no, you know, other education. There's no other job in town, right? It's more of a, um, you know, sort of like inner compulsion that like, there's nothing else that he can do besides this. But he says that, you know, th this is, the, he, he doesn't, he doesn't enjoy it per se. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and that becomes, um, you know, an issue later in the season. I won't give uh, uh, too much uh, of a spoiler away there, but uh, but I, I, I'll say a few things about this. You know, the, the first is, um, you know, I I, I, I want to be careful that I, I do, you know, wish and hope that people are able to, you know, find work in their life um, that, uh, that, that feels meaningful um, and brings them joy. I, I also want to, you know, recognize that there's a way in which, uh, conversations about that um, are are somewhat privileged, 
right? And not everybody is able to actually find work um, that uh, um, that that you know that that is deeply meaningful and and brings them joy. Sometimes they're just you know doing the work that they need to do to make the ends meet, and that's you know and that's not necessarily they don't really have a choice necessarily um, uh, in 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 that. And you see that in some ways, you know, in in some of the characters in in the show um, who you know who have a job at the beef and resent. Uh, the fact that Carmi has come in and kind of like changed their life because like what they're doing is, you know, clocking in, clocking out. Um, they're doing the work. Uh, they may, you know, have felt connected to Mikey, who was by all accounts in the show, you know, just a person that everybody loved, even though he obviously had very deep problems himself. H had his own demons. Yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, but but didn't necessarily like love the work. Right. And how they, you know, and uh, and some of those characters, you know, on a journey in the second season uh, to discover ways in which they can love the work, even if they didn't think that they were initially going to when they, you know, feel uh, empowered and inspired in it. Um, but I but I think that I want to go back to something that you said um, about the, you know, the, the generational trauma, uh, the way the characters relate to their mother, especially. Um, uh, you know, the Jewish tradition, uh, Torah famously says, you know, the, the you know, number number five in, in the Big Ten uh, is, you know, kavered avicha vetimecha, right? Honor your, your father and mother. First of all, it doesn't say love your father and mother. Um, and, and uh, you know, I had some, I had a teacher, uh, uh, Professor David Galinkin uh, in Israel, I think taught you as well, Jesse, uh, who, uh, you know, asked us to imagine who do we think that the Torah is talking to and about here? Right. And, you know, when I was growing up and, you know, in day school or, or Hebrew school and learning about, you know, that commandment, I always imagined, you know, people my parents age and a little kid. Right. And you have to, like, listen to what your parents say. Um, but that's probably not what the Torah has in mind, because the Torah, uh, you know, gives its commandments to an adult audience. Right. People, you know, have the agency to be able to carry out the commandments themselves. So that commandment is directed to, to an adult uh, to an adult audience about their older parents. Um, and that's actually where, you know, the honoring of parents gets gets substantially harder when you when you have your own life and when you have your own um, agency. And sometimes when your parents are really difficult to navigate and be around, you've, you've, you've had, you know, traumatic experiences with your parents, you know, growing up as a, as a child, as an adolescent, uh, maybe they, you know, uh, are, are ill. Um, you see that with um, uh, with with the pastry chef in in this season too. He's got a, a, a sick mother that he tends to. Um, uh, so so how do you you know how do you um, honor your parents when honoring your parents is really hard? Um, and uh, and and that I think is in some ways what the specifically the kind of case that the Torah is talking about, right? Not when not when your parents you know can like basically send you to your room if you don't honor them, uh, but when you have a choice not to, and when you know the act of honoring them is 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 really really tough because they don't make it easy on you. Yeah, I, no, I, I think that that's right. Uh, one that there's there, there's commentary that suggests honoring one's parents is not as a young child when you're living under your parents' roof, um, but rather as your parents grow older um, and wiser, uh, but you then become their caregiver. That's when uh, applies, right? How, uh, when there is a role reversal, in a sense, that shifts. And we see that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We see that with Marcus, right? Marcus... Uh, is hesitance to leave to go to Copenhagen 
because he doesn't want to leave his mother who was given a terminal diagnosis um, and was, was was told by doctors that, that she would survive a couple of years. And that was four years ago. Doesn't want to leave her bedside. His roommate ends up committing to to watch over her so he can go. And he still, you know, FaceTimes, even though she can't respond, he still sends pictures for other people to show her and that sort of thing, so on and so forth. Um, I, I think you make a really good point. What do you do? Um, and this is true for, for I'm sure, for some of our listeners, when you have a strained family dynamic, how does one fulfill the obligation of honoring one's parents um, when... Uh, they don't have a strong relationship with that parent, right? We mentioned that that uh, the Brazado father, Nat- Natalie and Mikey and Carmi's father is never mentioned. He is not present, right? How would they be expected to to honor that person? Uh, the relationship with Jamie Lee Curtis's character is much different, but she's present. And then I would say the flip side is that you have um, a, a really fascinating dynamic, um, which is true for some of us, in which you treat your friends like family, right? Uh, b- before we start recording, Mike and I were debating. We, we had to do a serious Google search about whether or not Richie was a blood cousin or not. Uh, right. beca- because- keep on calling him cousin. Everybody calls him cousin. Um, but, but, but he's, he, he's, including, including Claire, which is confusing because Claire is, uh, is, is, uh, is Carmi's love interest yeah. in, in too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that would, that would be crossing a line. Um, but it's because when you become such close friends with somebody, right, you love them, uh, you would do anything for them. You treat them like family, um, which is why Mikey gave Richie that job at the beef to begin with. Uh, which is why Carmi saying, hey, we're not going to get rid of you. Um, but uh, you see that with the facts too, right? That that uh, uh, ne- Neil Jeff is given this job that he's only sort of qualified for. Uh, he's sort of a jack of oh. all trades of sorts um, because they're close family friends. Um, he's a let's, great let's character, just, by the way. Let's just take a moment of appreciation for fact. He, he's, he's great. Um, but I, I would add... Um, Right. These are people who you love. And so you treat them like family. What you're saying, Mike, is much harder to make the assumption that because somebody is family, you must love them. And that, I think, is is the dynamic struggle with the Brazado family. We see that struggle with um, uh, Uncle Jimmy and and uh, Carmi uh, because of the business venture that 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 they're and relationship that they're in yeah so i think that that's you know really really smartly uh explored in the show and i think that you know the torah uh really provides guidance there is you know that uh um uh, you know we're not commanded to love our parents or to love our families but we are commanded uh to to honor them and, and to care for them or maybe you know to put it in another way uh, uh you know as uh um uh, sometimes I, I you know, encourage uh, couples when I uh, prepare them for their uh, wedding. Um, I you know say like you you know, you're you're you you're promising to love one another, but you're not necessarily always promising to like one another. Um, and uh, and and so I think that that may be another way of thinking about it. That uh, that there's you know the Torah doesn't command love maybe because it's just assumed, right? So you know there's that that sort of like fidelity that comes with love um, is present, 
Um, but we, you know, we, we, that doesn't mean we aren't necessarily going to have a fraught relationship, uh, with, with, uh, with those people. We're not going to like them, you know, at times or maybe ever. Um, but still, nevertheless, regardless of what those feelings are, what responsibilities do we have to them? Um, so I think that that's, uh, that, that's really, and the show explores that in, you know, in, in lots of different ways. You know, the other is, like you said, you know, the, the kind of role that, uh, that, that inherited, uh, trauma, the generational trauma passes down. You know, we know that uh, that that Carmi um, is in AA uh, throughout the series. We don't know. He's, that's he, because... uh, he's, he's in uh, Al-Anon. Al- he was in Al-Anon. Okay. Yes. So I, I was, uh, that that actually answers my question. It's not, it's not uh, ever, you know, clarified whether he's there because he's an alcoholic himself or just a relative of, of, uh, of addicts. Um, and uh, so certainly the latter. Um, but you know, so the the show I think really kind of explores the role of of inherited and generational trauma. Um, and and the Torah and uh, Jewish tradition, you know, really has a, a you know a lot of tension when it comes to this, uh, because on the one hand, you know, the Torah says uh, that uh, uh, that you know that God you know visits the iniquity of uh, parents on the children. Uh, you know, it's, it's actually the part of the 13 attributes of mercy that gets cut off that we don't recite over the high holidays. Uh, but, uh, but that's, you know, in biblical theology, that's a measure of God's mercy is that God, uh, you know, w- withholds punishment on the on, on the person who committed the sin and just, you know, exacts the punishment on their children and grandchildren, um, you know, such as it is for, for mercy. But uh, but but that I mean, it's it's certainly you know, whether or not it's God's agency that does it, right, there's certainly truth to it that, you know, that that one parent's, um, uh, you know, emotional uh, challenges, uh, you know, they may manifest in, in ways uh, for, for that person, that particular individual, but they get passed on to their children and become the challenges that their children have to deal with. On the other hand, you know, the Torah says uh, that, you know, that, uh, that I won't um, uh, you know, punish the children for the sins of, of the parents. Um, that, you know, uh, uh, Jeremiah, uh, says, you know, there, there was a, there's a proverb that the parents eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. And then Ezekiel comes and says, uh, you know, actually that proverb, uh, uh won't exist anymore, right? That, uh, that, you know, parents will eat sour grapes, but the children's teeth won't be set on edge because of it. Um, and, uh, and so like the, the vision of, of redemption, um, is a world in which, you know, you have your own problem, but you won't pass it on to your to your children, um, and and so I think that this is just a wrestling that the Jewish tradition has. That on the one hand, you know, there's a, a reality that you know home is where we come from, um, but on the other hand, you know, we are our own people, and we can um, move beyond what we've inherited from our parents, at least to a certain extent. Um, what did you feel about that tension when you were watching the show? I think the hardest um, thing for us to do is for us to leave our past behind, um, right? When, when Avram goes on his Lech Lecha journey, God says, Lech Lecha meretzecha umimoladatecha umibetavicha, right? That it's these different stages. And uh, some Mefarshim, some commentators suggest that they are one and the same, and some suggest that they are very different, right? That God says to Avram, go, go for yourself from your land, from your birthplace, from your father's home. Uh, And the hardest thing for us to do is to detach. The hardest thing for us to do when we make a name for ourselves is to um, let go of our past. And I think that's also a challenge with adulthood 
right? I, I think uh, there, there's this fascinating dynamic that, um, right, Carmi reconnects with Claire, who was like the girl that he had a crush on when they were in school, uh, right? She's doing her residency in med school. He's this famous chef. And yet they're still reverting back to school age because you have um, Neil Jeff, because you have Richie, you have this sort of school yard dynamic in some ways, um, which I, I think stunts, somewhat stunts their emotional growth. Although you see uh, Richie grow up this season emotionally, right? Right. You see Carmi certainly do so in different ways. Um, but all of it is a hesitation to sort of leave the, the world behind. I think Carmi was fighting to save the beef, uh, which he never wanted to do, and eventually embraced it to open up the bear, partially as a way to honor this, this dream that he and his brother Mikey had, but partially as a way because the beef was not his dream, the bear was his dream. Um, but it's how do we let go of our past in order to start a new future while understanding that the place where Avram ended up settling the journey I ended up going on is where Terach was striving to go to as well. It's just Terach, Terach settles, right? And you see this common occurrence of, uh, you see this with Avram, you see this with Yitzchak, uh, of digging the same wells that their fathers dug, uh, that, that they are walking in their footsteps intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, they end up uh, doing the same thing. Um, it, it's it, it becomes difficult uh, right. As hard as we try to go out on our own uh, and be our own individuals, um, we are shaped and defined by that which has come before us. Right. And, you know, and I, and, and I think that that's a real um, uh, tension. Uh, you know, we're we're, we're uh, in the summer months now and, you know, approaching the high holy day season, the high holy day season. You know, it's kind of premised on the idea that we can forge a future that's different from our past. Right, that we that we need not be necessarily bound by our our past decisions or defined by our our worst mistakes, um, and we can we can you know chart a different course uh, in in the future. Uh, and and yet, what you're saying is that may be true in principle, but in practice, that's extremely hard uh, because you know we inherit so much from uh, from from where we came from. Our our past really shapes our identity. Um, and uh, you know, to to forge a, a future that's that's really different, um, that means that we have to um, you know, first of all, really work at it, um, but also uh, uh, let go of of quite a bit. Um, and that may be, you know, um undesirable for uh, for a lot of people. I mean, I, you know, I, I uh, spent some time when I was in rabbinical school uh, working at uh, Beit Chuva, which is an addiction uh, treatment facility in Los Angeles, an extraordinary place. Uh, and, you know, one, one thing that uh, I uh, often noticed of uh, people struggling with addiction um, is that, you know, one of the things that makes breaking the cycle of addiction so hard um, is the sense that a lot of folks have um, that, uh, that, you know, they, they don't know uh, who they are or are afraid of who they might be um, outside of, you know, uh, the, the use of substance or the or the addictive behavior that they've been engaging in. Um, so there's an identity question there. Like, you know, if I'm going to leave this part of me behind, you know, who really am I? Right. And and not knowing who I am in the world um, is a uh, is, is a is a sort of terrifying 
prospect. I think that that's one of the things that's so extraordinary about about Abraham um, is that you know to leave your birthplace, your father's home, the 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 land that you uh, the 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 your Artecha beitecha beitavicha moladecha. Right. So your uh, your land, your father's home, and and your birthplace to leave all of that behind. Um, to a place that God will show you, right? Like, in other words, like, Abraham doesn't know where God's going to take him. Um, uh, and he's got to make the decision, am I going to go to this unknown place or not? And he goes, it's one of the things that makes it so extraordinary is, you know, we to, to really leave our past behind means that we actually don't know uh, until we get to where we're going, what, what that's going to look like. Um, and then just to take this in a slightly different direction, Mike, because you brought up that we are... Um, Entering this this soon to be period of introspection, right? That that we're uh, recording this during the period known as the three weeks, right, between Shavasa Bratamuz and Tisha B'Av. Following the fast day of Tisha B'Av, we have this seven week period when we are on the lowest of lows, and, and we try to uh, slowly bring ourselves back up to the highest of highs, which culminates with uh, Rosh Hashanah. Um, so much of the past which defines the characters in this show is trauma. Uh, that is, is a baggage that they carry, um, but also a guilt, right? The the idea of, of um, Carmi going to Al-Anon, the idea of, of any loved ones of, of addicts going to uh, a support group is because you understand that somebody else's actions deeply impact and affect your own. Um, but I think some of the decisions that we saw Carmen making in the beginning of the show um, was out of guilt, out of obligation. Um, and then that finally changes uh, where he makes decisions that are right for him uh, and decisions that, that he believes are the right things to do. I think as we prepare for this period of, of introspection, uh, we often have the hardest time letting go of the guilt, right? That that's, that's um, we feel guilty because of relationship with other people, strained relationship, whether it's the way we treated them or they think we treated them or the way they treated us. Um, and it's very rare that we are able to let that go. And um, part of this process of tshuva is not just repenting for our own actions, but forgiving people for their own actions, even if and when they don't ask for that forgiveness. Um, we tend to hold on. Uh, it's, 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 it's easier to not forgive. Right? It's so much harder to forgive, so much harder to let it go. We tend to hold on to um, that which causes that pit in our stomach, that which causes that anger, so that years later in a strained relationship, we don't even remember what the catalyst was that led to that strained relationship. We just know that it's strained, uh, and it's harder to forgive. It's harder to start over. Um, it's easier when we have a weight on our shoulders, when we have the, that that yoke that holds us down. Um, and we see an evolution, I believe, in these two seasons of Carmi slowly letting go of that and uh, not being defined by that anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, you're, put, you're pointing to something I think really deep uh, here, you know, which is that uh, you know so much of of Carney's Carmi's motivation uh, in the in the show and a lot of the characters' motivations in the show uh, are you know are stemming from from guilt um, or or grief, um, you know that they you know that they couldn't that they loved Mikey, uh, but they couldn't uh, they couldn't stop what happened to him. Um, uh, and, uh, and, you know, they, and, and feeling like, you know, okay, well, I got to keep this going, you know, because, uh, because this is what, you know, cause Mikey cared about this and Mikey wanted it to keep going. Um, you know, Richie, uh, uh, has this, especially being Mikey's best friend, you know, um, wants to hold on to things at the, at the, at the beef, the way they are, uh, because, uh, you know, because he, you know, that's, that's the way Mikey left it and that's the way Mikey would have wanted it. Right. And, uh, and, and Carmi's relationship with Mikey and, and with the restaurant is, is much more complicated than that. And what, what I think is, you know, the journey that a lot of the characters is on, uh, are, you know, how do we engage, uh, I think that that uh, that that guilt is in some ways uh, a very fear-based uh, emotion, and that you know that uh, you know the, the the fear that you're describing is you know if we let go of this, you know what do we have left? Uh, and some of the the journey I think that the characters are on is you know how do we approach our decisions, our life, our relationships from a place of love um, rather than of of fear. Uh, or or guilt, right? How do we? How do we? Well, you know... I, I I wouldn't say it's a fear based emotion, but I would say most people, I hope, um, want to be accepted and loved, right? In order to love, you have to be accepted and loved, and there's a fear. Uh, I don't know if you feel this, Mike. I certainly feel this uh, of wanting to be accepted and loved by other people, and if we have unintentionally hurt them, uh, then we feel a sense of guilt towards them. Right. Um, yeah, I think that that's true. Um, but I think that my my point here is that, uh, you know, what um, what I think our tradition invites us toward, this is in our relationships with one another, this is in our relationships with ourselves, this is in our relationship with, with God, um, is, you know, how to how to approach our life from uh, a from a place of of uh, of love. Right of uh, of of seeing our responsibility to one another as a manifestation of our of our love for one another, uh, and not out of our guilt for what we may not be doing or or not have done. Um, our uh, how do we how do we you know see the way in which we approach ourselves, our own life, right? Not as a you know a, a fear of what would happen um, if we don't do X, Y, or Z, or or guilt about having done X, Y, or Z, but saying you know if I if I really like you know I might love my neighbor, but if I love myself in the same way as I'm supposed to love my neighbor, you know how would I act here? What would I what would I do? And that is why I think that the um, that the uh the 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 subject matter of the show which i think is really kind of one of the central themes and metaphors of the show of of food and of hospitality um is uh, is is so uh smart uh in in the show and i think it's it's really kind of related to you know it's very jewish in a way i know the characters are italian but italians and jews you know have a lot in common um uh, that even, uh, even though there is a, a pretty bigoted reference to jewish lightning uh yes that is that is true although uh, uh anyway um uh, and that actually plays a a, 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 a prominent role uh, a little bit later in season two. I won't spoil it for you. Uh, but um, uh, but that idea that first of all, you know, um, you know food um, is very much a Jewish love language. Um, and, it, and it may be why uh, or one of the reasons why or maybe a result of food being, you know, such a 
uh, heavily regulated part of, of, of Jewish life, um, that we'd be so intentional about what we eat, um, in, in part because um, uh, because, you know, food is, is an expression of how we take care of ourselves and how we take care of one another. And so therefore we should be very intentional about, you know, what we put into our own bodies and what we serve other people. Um, and that, you know, in, there's, the, there's this great story we brought talking about Abraham before, you know, great story of, uh, of Abraham, uh, in, in the Torah, uh, is, you know, when, uh, three men appear to him in the, in the wilderness, uh, which, who we later, you know, learn, uh, are, are likely angels, uh, but he doesn't know that he just sees three strangers come to his tent um, and and rushes to prepare them, you know, the best food possible uh, to work with Sarah to make them, you know, feel welcome and at home. Right. So that that uh, idea of uh, of of hospitality, of serving others um, as an expression of our uh, of, of of God's love for humanity and our responsibility to uh, to be you know, agents of God's love in the world um, is a is a core part of, of Jewish life as well, not as a not as, you know, uh, fear of what God would do to us or what would happen if we didn't serve those people or guilt for, you know, uh, not, you know, having let them gone by without helping them, although that might be a piece of it. Guilt is also in some ways a Jewish love language, uh, but but also um, out of a, a you know, a, a desire um, to, you know, to, to really be present for other people and, and to care for them. Well, let us know what you think of season two of The Bear. Um, I don't know if you're anything like me in my household. I am responding to any question that my children ask me with thank you, chef. Although I do love how Tina says Jeff and now calls Carmi Jeffrey as a result. That, right. that, that, that's amazing humor. Um, and uh, let us know your thoughts. Let us know your thoughts. Feel free to uh, like rate review and comment on this most recent episode of pop torah give us some of that jewish lightning oh <laughs> and until next time i am rabbi jesse olitsky and i'm rabbi michael knopf thank you thank chef you. thank you chef